Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Marie Chinwood. Women on the Line would like to acknowledge this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nations. We'd also like to acknowledge Elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the lands you're hearing us from. My world, it moves so fast today, the past it seems so far away. On today's Women on the Line, we speak with visual artists Nyarwath Ruth Rutch, Bodnakeji and Sunday Magwaj about their practice, community, a Komantosa collective and their group show, Nyasukeji. What someone else thought of me, so caught up, I was unable to achieve. But deep in my heart, the answer wasn't me. I'll start with you, Ruth. What do you do and why? I am a freelance photographer, creative artist and a writer. Why do I create? I I get bored. Also, I use art to explore myself and my surroundings. So it's very crucial for me to use that as a form of, of escapism for me. I draw, I paint and I take photos as well. And I haven't really been like into art as much but as like after I finished high school that's when I really got into it and I'm also studying at uni. Sunday! So I paint and I draw. I started off drawing but then progressed into painting and then realised you know I'm actually not that bad at it. Um, I do it because it's a way for me to like basically communicate to people because I feel like art is just Anyone can understand it, anyone can interpret it, and that's probably one thing I like about it, especially when like, I find it hard to like, express how I feel. So I feel like art is a way for me to kind of communicate with other people in a way. So I do it to communicate um, and sometimes escape reality. So, yeah. Yeah. And you are all really beautiful artists, like in your own right. And I just want to know what you explore with your practice because it's not just kind of any old situation it's very intentional the type of stuff you explore in your practice yeah well for me I explore like specifically things to do with um empowerment and like specifically women of color empowerment um people of color empowerment just yeah like just that whole field of something that I am familiar with and something I can I know like something I just can express easily yeah yeah and why why is that something that you're drawn to would you say because I feel like I have a first-hand knowledge of it I've experienced some of the you know I guess things that I explore through my arts um and I just it's just what I know yeah Ruth what would you say you explore in your practice? Describe that. A lot um, to do with 
the feeling of alien being alienated as a um, woman of color, especially as a black woman, a dark skinned woman, and exploring the um, the many platforms and also spaces where you felt as um, you don't belong, you felt like other, um, and talking about how um, being a black woman, your culture, um, that being a trend, you know, your livelihood, your womanhood, that being a tra- um, trend, and how devastating that becomes, and how irritating becomes as a as a woman of color because then you're left there like so you're going to take elements and fragments of myself but you're not going to take the full me so yeah most of my work is centered in that yeah and what about you Vonda? well i'd like to add on to what sunday said about empowerment i believe like my work is a lot about empowerment as well and also knowing your self-worth as a black woman like especially living in a white man's society like you would most black women get fetished and like um get called words such as being exotic because they're black and they have certain features and I feel like taking owning that by saying like knowing your self-worth and saying you're not exotic you're a woman you're human just like any other woman in this world basically yeah Yeah. you have a piece um in your current exhibition where like a key like element of it is the quote I am not exotic I'm exhausted yeah like that spoke to me so hard can you talk about that piece because that (laughs) levels (laughs) levels well I before I did that piece I wrote that down I think I was talking to a one of my friends well, I wouldn't say friends, like just a guy that like I've been talking to and he called me, like he asked me about my background and then he was like, uh, oh, that's exotic. And I told him and he was like, oh, that's exotic. And at the start, like I was like, oh, he might, he just probably doesn't mean it in that way. But then looking back, I was like, I felt kind of offended, like out of all things you could have said, you had to say I'm um, exotic. And then I did the piece months later, like I was going through my notes because I just write notes and I found the, I found the, the, what I wrote and I felt like that would have been, that would have worked with the exhibition and yeah, it's how I feel as well. Like I'm exhausted of being called an object, Mm -hmm. a thing, like I'm not, I'm a woman, I'm a human. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. So the exhibition is centres kind of black womanhood, it centres culture. Um, all three of you are the first born, born children and that's kind of like relates to the name, which I just found out. So if maybe someone wanted to explain that. Well, Nya means um, female, girl, woman in Amnuer. And, and Sukaji means firstborn girl in from my culture, yeah. So we just wanted to just bring that all our cultures together because together, yeah. we're always separated. So we just wanted to bring some sense of togetherness as women. And also we are all firstborn girls, which yeah. is crazy. It's like fate brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I all the way believe in fate. Um, okay, so the exhibition does centre black womanhood. Their photos are mostly, all the paintings and portraits and stuff are mostly of um, black women mostly you know 
you can really see in its core the whole exhibition does center black womanhood what does that mean to be able to put that work together have it exhibited and like see it and then see other black women respond to that well to me that's crazy like the fact that when I walked into the exhibition opening and everyone was like oh wow I understand what you did there like I thought no one would understand it, like, because I made it. Like, I've never... It was my first exhibition as well, so it was crazy. I like the fact that people interpreted it, like, differently and put their own meaning to it and their experiences into it. That was really cool. And that's the powerful thing about creating art for um, black women is that sense of relatability that existed within the space. And for me, I created the work from a very vulnerable space. So I just thought that... I'm the one who's going to be understanding it. And then when people interpret it from their own perspective and hearing their understanding, it brought some sort of healing within me because it's like, I can't believe that we're all experiencing this amazing, like, creative consciousness as women of colour. Yeah, it was really amazing, especially like Vondo. It was um, it was my first exhibition as well, so it was like kind of nerve wracking, especially when people like kept coming up to you like, "Wow, I love what you did here," and it's like because I create art for me, I don't create it for other people. But then when people acknowledge that, that's like wow, it just feels so amazing. It's like you're actually like talking to them through art. So it was yeah, it was a really good feeling. Yeah, it's like a catch twenty two, right? Of like. I feel heard, I feel seen, I feel like my experiences are not my own. But then there's also a sense of, because often those experiences are really difficult and tiring and, like you said, exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a level of, like, I'm really sad that pretty much all black women experience that as well. Comforting, it, but, also, but it's sad at the it's same sad time. It's sad at the same time. But it's the fact that you're not the only one, like, experiencing this is amazing. Like, you have a support system like you can be like, oh, you can talk to other people just like right. you and they probably would be going through the same experience. Right, because I don't think white women would really understand what we're going through because they're always in the front like, oh, yeah, I relate to this. And it's like, where do you relate when it comes to this? In, in what um, spectrum do you relate to what I'm trying to perceive? And But when the black woman comes up to you, you're like, girl, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. So on that note, what's it like being in the art world as well as because that art world in Melbourne in particular I knew is like white as hell and exhibiting stuff is white as hell and it's hard how do you do it how do you how do you do both how do you navigate that space and also it's do? very exhausting yeah it's very very exhausting to exist as a black artist in a white a very white centered art space cuz um every single time you go and send a art um, proposal, it's always like um, taken back or it's like, oh, this is not the artwork that we want in the space. But for me, I, the one thing that I tell people is like find a black space, a black art space. You know, Footsquare Art Centre, you have Black Dot Gallery. You know, call them up, hit them up and like send them your um, gallery, I mean your exhibition proposal because spaces like that, you want your art to you want your art to cater for black people, not to put your art in white spaces. But at the same time, we should be taking um, um spaces where it's predominantly white artists and like taking up those spaces so we're not just using other spaces we're submerging ourselves within that and taking ownership of that because we need to create that inclusiveness um compared to Ruth I don't think I've been like in the art scene as long as she has so I don't really have much to add but I can kind of relate 
in terms of what I do see and what is represented in like basically as, as Australian art because it's mainly like it's very whitewash in a way like you you hear about all the famous white artists and it is kind of sexist too so they're all white males so it's not even like white females so I feel like although I haven't experienced it like personally I can kind of relate to it through what I what I have seen if that makes sense you know all of this is coming back to your piece Vonda about being exhausted um I think that also dealing with those spaces in in kind of small quantities or whatever in like small doses and then also engaging with exhibiting with your sisters the same way you guys are doing right now doing both of that like one nourishes you while the other one might take a little bit out of you um so would you call this exhibition a type of self-care practice would you say or producing the art that you produce a self-care practice Definitely. Well, after the exhibition, I was just like really happy with myself and like proud that I actually did this and showcased my stuff and proud, uh, proud of Sunday and Ruth and the fact that we did this all together, just us three with the help of everyone else, obviously. But it was just really empowering and inspirational. I And it was it was so exciting to see everybody's perspective, different perspective of what they have interpreted in terms of the themes and the ideas we had to cover. So that was very exciting. On Community Radio Around Australia, you're listening to a chat with right. three amazing Sorry. artists. Let's kind of like get Vonda down to this. Sunday, chatting about their expressions of self-care on Women on the Line. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. nitty-gritty a little bit right as well as being amazing black women artists you're also from a community that's a niece community that is experiencing hyper visibility in kind of the worst sense in this last few years it's been going on for a while but even in this last maybe 12 months it's mm. just like gone through the roof Let's talk about it. Let's unpack it. How is that impacting your creative practice? How is that impacting the communities, the men and women um, and folks in the communities who are dealing with that on a day-to-day basis? What's going on? I think from my perspective, it's creating one narrative. It's just saying that as Sassanese people, we can just be one people and just what and that is what is being portrayed, um, portrayed in the media. And that's somebody being um, related to any gang type of behaviour and I don't really, I pay attention to it, but not to that core, because to me, I, from from the perspective of a South Sudanese woman, I understand when I break it down and deconstruct why these kids do what they do. So there's so much that we can talk about as to that. And one of the things is like assimilating to Western culture, like these kids are just acting out because they don't understand like what the hell like you never had you I didn't have a conversation with my mom when we came here so that itself that took a toll on my mental health coming to like a white um country and living where I lived in Africa for nine ten years so that's overwhelming itself but it doesn't justify what they're trying to do um I think when it comes to my creative process the reason why I create is to create those spaces and also to create imagery for um those kids to look and then to for them to be inspired and be like oh a girl who's South Sudanese who can be my sister created something like this so they so um 
demolishing that one narrative and letting them know like you can be this person you can be somebody else you don't have to confine into what the white media is trying to portray of us and i think that's why it's so important for art to exist and for us black artists to keep creating is to inspire these kids yeah um I definitely see where Ruth is coming from and like I totally agree 100% especially with the whole like it just creates a one narrative as what a South Sudanese person should be compared to people like for people that personally don't know any South Sudanese people so then they like in their minds you know they're all this way they just generalize and it's like it's really bad because then when someone who doesn't go out you know doing the things that the media claims all South Sudanese people do or whatever it's like they find it hard to you know get a job like especially my brothers they're around like 14 15 and they're trying to like find jobs now like at Macca's and all that but it's really hard for them because I feel like in a way their reputation has been ruined due to the whole media coverage of like the whole apex yeah it's like dehumanizing us as as human beings as, as as people yeah it's like we cut they we all have to be this way it's like they don't see crimes for like for like individual individually they see it as like a ethnic thing sorta of, and it's just it's having a huge toll on the South Sudanese community. I'd like to say that the media obviously is feeding off the fear of a lot of the people in Australia and creating all these stories. Although we don't condone what these indiv- small individual beings are doing. Like, whether it's, like, the carjackings and breaking enneries and all that stuff. We don't condone it. But the fact that they just say straightforward, it's South Sudanese boys doing this, it's ridiculous because there's not many of us compared to the whole of Australia. We're only a small percentage. So it doesn't add up. Like, they're making it seem as if this Apex gang is as big as ISIS, which is ridiculous. (laughs) And also, um, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, right, and there was a story on Channel 9 about um, these black boys that were stealing from the groceries. This And he put a sign up on his door, no black dogs allowed, something like, something along the lines. And I commented, I was like, if we're going to, if people are going to be putting signs like that, we might as well put signs at school saying no um, males aged... 13 to 21 at schools because they're school shooters. Oh. And the funny thing is I went through the whole feed and all the comments were like racist, like black dogs get out of this country, you know, like everyone knows like those comments. Mm -hmm. And And then after a while, my comment gets deleted and all those racist comments are still on the thread. So I commented again. And this time my second comment was like more, more intense. And I was like, I don't know what I said, but it was more intense. And that's that was still on. And then I messaged Channel 9. I was like, I don't understand. You guys keep all these racist comments, but you delete mine. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm not being racist. I'm not. I'm just saying we, if we're going to use that mentality, um, you might as well say this. And you just deleted it, but you didn't delete the racist comments. And you're just creating a race war kind of thing, basically. And they didn't reply to my... Um, to my Facebook message. I opened it, they seen it, but they didn't reply. Mm. And I just kept on messaging them, sending them memes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's also this thing of social capacity. So as, as Africans or a South Sudanese community or as black people, whoever it may be, when you go on those threads and you see that every single comment oh is racist, it's just like gut-wrenching. Yeah. It's actually gut. Yeah. And you're like, not one person can defend me. Yeah. But yeah. then at the same time, if Vonda's comments are being deleted, it's like... It's very intentional, um, yeah. the way that communities are being positioned, and I think that's really, it's really terrifying. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> And even if we do something positive, because I was reading an article that the New, uh, the New York Times wrote about um, some some of the Sudanese, um, South Sudanese boys playing basketball and just the programs that they've been creating and how amazing that is. And that is not shared, that is not looked at, that is overlooked. And it's like, oh, you still have, you know, gangs and stuff raiding. And it's like, like when are you going to give us time to just breathe and deconstruct mm. this and just take it because every single week it's something and it's something and sometimes it's not even us sometimes it's and it's some somebody else but we still take the um the blame for it so it's like south sudanese south sudanese people and anything that has anything to do with like violence or crime it's just thrown into us and they don't care how it's, it's going to affect our employment that's how it's going impa- to um, impact our relationship with the police and our relationship with anybody that is not us so mm-hmm. that itself is like it's just it's actually like alienating us Especially, from society especially our mental health as well yeah like you like if everyone's seeing you a certain way that's going to get you like you're going to be like i don't know what i'm doing here like what mm-hmm. can i do and you're going to look out for um people that sub- can relate to you yeah like substance you can start doing alcohol mm-hmm. etc because you have nothing else to do and no one wants to give you a chance mm-hmm. based on this stereotype yeah before i let you go I just want to talk a little bit about the process of exhibiting work um, and putting yourself out there and how you manage to get from doing the stuff for yourself and then jumping kind of like crossing that bridge of presenting your work and what that took. (laughs) Um, Well, for me, I think I start off with maybe something that I feel a lot of people like me can relate to. So for one of my pieces, it was called Taboo Blues. And it was basically talking about how there's a huge stigma behind mental illnesses in, um, in our culture. And it's like, it's not okay to have a mental illness. And if you do have one, then it doesn't exist. Like they don't see it as a problem. So um, so that's like, I start off with something that I want to, a message that I want to send off and then do maybe a few drafts as how I want it to look and then, you know, final copy. And then, yeah, that's really the process of how I juggle my art. <laughs> I wish I had an artistic process, but everything I do, sometimes it's last minute, sometimes it's an existing work. So <laughs> to me, it's just like whatever, however I feel in the moment and I connect with the people that I take pictures of because obviously they need to convey that emotion and the energy and whatever I'm trying to um, um, put out there for everybody to understand because sometimes I, I hate to explain work to people I just want people to just stare at it mm-hmm. and see how they feel from it so it's important for me to like inform the models or anybody who becomes my muse or my subject matter to understand like the the intentions behind what I'm trying to do so I guess that's my process <laughs> well for me I never really learned about like I never learned art I never did it in high school or anything like I don't know about drafts and all that stuff all I go off is basically how I'm feeling on that 
before I start, like how I'm feeling and what I want to do. I just basically start at one corner and then work my way to the end and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's the realest. That's the realest. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, Nyara. You're most welcome. Wanda Thank you. And Sunday for coming in and doing the thing. Everyone should check out your exhibition in Dandenong. I'll put all the details up on our website and it'll be very, very accessible and available. Thank you so much. This Thank you so much. Fun. You just heard from Sunday, Vonda and Nyarut explaining how they go about their arts practice. If you want to check out their exhibition at Connecting Arts Space in Dandenong, it'll be open until May 19th in Melbourne. The exhibition is called Nyasukeji and it is totally worth it. Women on the Line is one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate the financial support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email at womenontheline at gmail.com. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Le Ticked. And the feature song for today's episode of Women on the Line is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill from the album of the same title. Thank you so much for listening to Women on the Line. I'm original and I hope you can tune in again next time. Baby, my heart, the answer, it wasn't